You and SAFM, you want to find out more about that drifting and uh, the car park drift, check out on the website Red Bull. Dot com and then you've got to go to the South African version. It's all there, though, but you can have a look at the events. And Red Bull site is huge, but redbull.com is probably the best place to go, and you can find out all those details there, including surfing. And you know, Red Bull's got everywhere. King of the Air, Red Bull Rampage. It's a very big website. It'll give you something to do. Um, the interesting story that's just come out of Germany now, Robert Lewandowski scored in the last minute of the season uh, when Bayern Munich won 5-2 against AC Augsburg. But Lewandowski scored in the last minute of the season to beat Gert Müller's 49-year record of Bundesliga goals in a campaign. He looked poised to be frustrated. He pounced in the 90th minute for his 41st goal of the season. He has 53 goals in 46 games for club and country heading into Euro 2020. The home side scored four times in the first half against Augsburg with Manuel Neuer also saving a penalty. But well done to Robert Lewandowski there scoring plenty goals in Germany. Let's hope there'll be plenty goals for our Olympic men's hockey players. They have dreams of going to the Olympic Games. Seems every four years there's some story about what the men are doing at the Olympic Games. We're joined by one of the midfielders, uh, Chad Futcher. Chad, good chatting to you. Thanks very much. Are you going to be at the Games? Hi, John. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on your show. Like, um, are you going to be at the Games this year? Um, at the moment, we're still waiting for final selection, but obviously the, the hopes are there. Um, so yeah, we're in the final bits of preparation before we go. And then even if you do get selected, have you got the money to be able to go? That is a tricky question. We are busy with crowdfunding at the moment. Um, sure. So potentially, potentially there'll be a struggle, but I think we, we're doing our best that we can. I don't think that'll be a barrier um, by Olympics, let's hope. Okay, so it's that selection thing. Have you done, because <laughs> this, when was it? It wasn't four years ago. It's eight years ago now, right? What, the last Olympics? When, no, no, no. When the men's team were going to go and you'd done everything to qualify and then Sascock said no. Yes, yes, that's correct. <laughs> okay, so do we know if that could or could not happen again this time? No, so we're definitely going. Um, we actually, they gave uh, another hurdle for us to, to jump over after <laughs> um, <laughs> that way. Um, and oh, we actually, we qualified for both in AFCON as well as a, a tournament outside of Africa. And we came second in that. And that was, that was all we needed to qualify. So we're definitely going. We're now just waiting for the green light from COVID, let me say that. Okay. All right. So that's where it fits in. Um, you, you guys have got this crowdfunding campaign as well. I'm amazed that it's, it's a lot of money. Didn't realize how much money it takes to get an Olympic team out, a full team out to the Olympic Games, but you say you're on track. Yeah. At the moment, yeah, I think there's been a lot of effort from all the players through, over, throughout the team, through to the ladies' side, through to management. Um, I think the best is to just make sure that Match Kit, um, which is the, the crowdfunding platform that we're using, just their name gets spread because they've honestly done an amazing job to just try to help us get the funds. All right. It's a complicated website because it has no something else. It's just matchkit.co. And yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. So it's match, uh, uh, matchkit.co. It's that simple, right? 100%. Okay. Um, what are you currently doing now? Obviously, putting in preparations. How Are the team together? So we've been training regionally. So there's, I'd say, three camps, like um, one in Durban, one in Cape Town, and one in Johannesburg. And obviously, the guys of Pretoria will travel through to, to Joburg, and then vice versa for the coastal sessions. So we do a lot of regional stuff. And then where possible, we've been having series. Um, I mean, we, we just played Namibia, I think it was two weeks ago. So we're, 
fortunate enough to have some international games in preparation for, for Olympics. Okay, so and how are things looking? I think relatively well, obviously understanding the circumstances. Um, there's a couple guys that have just come back from international uh, hockey leagues in the Netherlands and in Belgium, so they've just joined the squad as well. So trainings go ahead twice a week, um, obviously in each region. And then I know there's a camp coming up um, end of this month in Potschopstrom. Um, so yeah, that'll be the next training camp heading into, into the Olympics. Chad, you're you're not just a hockey player, and it's it's interesting when I I read your little CV here, which is longer than my arm. Um, <laughs> BCom double major, corporate finance, investment, and marketing. Postgraduate honors in business science and marketing. How do you fit all of that in, and be a provincial, uh, a national hockey player, and go overseas, and do all the other things you have to do? <laughs> I think um, you, you kind of find time to do what you enjoy. So. Yeah, the, the studying side, I think you have to do that, especially in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, hockey isn't a professional sport here, unfortunately, so it doesn't pay the bills. Um, so, yeah, I think studying has always been um, on the cards as a fallback. But yeah, I think as, as hockey players, you, you end up just finding time. A lot of the time, training fits in at night. So you can study during the day and train at night. Right. Yeah, it's, you, you forget that. It's an, I'm still amazed that what, what, what is the problem? And I don't. I know you don't want to criticise too tightly because I mean you're in the national team. But where is the where is the logjam that's stopping our men from being paid and and playing professionally? Sure, I, I wouldn't say it's actually hockey as a whole. I think it's it's or it is currently rather a small sport, but it is growing slowly. Um, mm. So obviously, the more players we can get in at a lower level, that'll be pushed through as they grow up. So it's not going to change overnight, but. You know, obviously, the more people we can get in at lower levels um, in rural townships in schools that don't actually have hockey, the more we can push the sport at that level. As as obviously schools get better and people grow up, they're obviously keen to play the sport through. Mm. Uh, obviously, to when they're over eighteen. I guess it's up to the broadcasters as well to make sure that people see it. And there there are a number of things that we've seen on TV now. Some of the ladies, you guys, we've seen on TV, and that can only be good for the for the sport. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So uh, I know about five to ten years ago, there wasn't much hockey even being broadcasted on, on Supersport or anything. And we see with the likes mm. of Vars- uh, Varsity Sport, now your, mm. your university uh, team games are even getting streamed when those tournaments are ha- happening, which is really exciting. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever played on TV was for, for my bit university. So seeing that uh, along the lines of that and obviously recognition for other people to actually understand what hockey is all about. Is it different playing when you're knowing it's on TV? Um, in the beginning, yeah. I think mentally it, it does <laughs> prove a big role, especially when, you, when you're younger. When you're younger, obviously, you're thinking that millions of people are going to be watching you. But then as you grow up and as you mature, I think the mental game becomes non-existent when you're on TV. It, it becomes just second nature. I want to talk about you for a while. You've been playing hockey forever, uh, Chad yeah. Futcher. But it, it says here that you learned a lot from YouTube. Yeah, so I actually did a lot of my city drag flicking. So drag flicking is similar to a free kick in soccer, um, mm-hmm. which is a special skill. So a lot of my, my drag flicking I've watched from YouTube as well as other <laughs> international highlight games. So we don't have, or we didn't when I was learning, have many specialty coaches, especially in the East Rand where I'm from. So I think YouTube was the, the greatest teacher for me at the moment. You had a difficult childhood. Mom passing away when you were 16, your dad passing away in the middle of a tournament. 
how do you get over all of those challenges, Chad, and still put in the best performances? Sure. It was a, a difficult lesson and a difficult hurdle to, to come around. Um, I think I was raised very well by them. So they, they always said I shouldn't back away from a challenge. Um, but I have really had awesome teams to be in. Especially I can owe, owe a lot of it to my Vits team that I played with. We had a really awesome mm. culture. Um, and I think nowadays the culture is becoming the, the forefront of focus in most teams. If your culture is doing really well and you have a good culture, the winning the winning comes a lot easier, let me say that. Mm. And similar, yeah, if the culture is really good, they become your second fan. So as well as losing a loved one is a very difficult thing to go through. I think knowing that you can, you know, put the pressures and rest the, yeah, the other stresses on your teammates and they very understanding, it does tend to help a lot. Tell us the story, uh, uh, maybe you'd, uh, if you want to, uh, about your dad passing away before you had to go to Stellenbosch to play a tournament. <laughs> so, yeah, my dad was unfortunately sick. He had leukemia. So uh, we kind of knew he was uh, not in a, a really good place. And so I was obviously training very hard, but uh, mentally a bit stressed. And in the morning of the tournament, my dad actually passed away. So it was in a bit of a, a tricky situation. I was about to get onto the plane to head down, and my brother phoned me. And he obviously asked me to stay, which is, of course, the the natural thing to do. And then I just remember getting to the hospital and being there for a couple twenty, thirty minutes. And mm. you know, I had this little voice in my head that my dad would be like, you know, you can't, you can't not go to the tournament for me. He would have probably, let me say, kicked my bum <laughs> <laughs> to know that I, I would be missing a hockey game. So. Yeah, I just chatted to my brother and then ended up uh, buying a flight down later. And honestly, I had the best tournament of my life. So I can owe a lot of wow. that tournament just to his memory. Yeah, there's that old saying that you, know, you, you could probably feel your father looking down at you, wishing you well. Yes, yes. And I think that's where my hockey definitely changed. From there, um, ended up getting player of the tournament and top goal scorer, which was unbelievable mm. for, for that. And I think from there, a lot of the selectors if i can think maybe maybe saw but but in me because i yeah i hadn't made it to the national side before before that year your motto is push past possible explain that <laughs> correct um they're actually a recovery milk brand a supplement brand that has been backing me through the olympic process um, i'm big into my, my gymming and my fitness as well as my recovery so i do think mm. that uh, breaking barriers pushing past possible has definitely been a a motto of mine that I've stuck to. And yeah, diet for me is the, the extra 1% that you need. So having a brand that's yeah. Yeah, supporting you has been really awesome. Hockey players are interesting physique. Yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, rugby player, when you think of a rugby player, each position has their own thing. Hockey players, I imagine, they look a lot like a triathlete. You guys are, yeah, you wear those tight little shorts and the little top as well. <laughs> it's it. Do you do the lot of gym work as well to get a little stronger? Yeah, I think over the past five years or so, a lot of uh, change has been gone into our fitness programs. Um, I, I noticed that moving into varsity, we used to do long runs and uh, do 10, 15 kilometers just to get our natural game fitness. Whereas mm. now we're doing a lot more intervals and shuffles and then uh, explosive work in the gym and a lot of prehab. So not uh, just lifting weights, but more in, in terms of like the hockey movements. So being very hockey focused right. in the, the rotation and having a strong core. So a lot of the focus has been made by biokineticists and physios to really, uh, you know, maximize the type of training that we do in the gym to benefit um, the movements that we do on the field. Like just bend over for two hours. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, not that simple, but pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that was always my thing with hockey. Is I'm just amazed that you guys, you, you rarely stand up, and you just that, that bend over must be it, when you first start it. I guess it, it, it comes with time, but it, it must be a thing to be able to reach down all the time. At the bottom of the back must be painful. <laughs> yeah, so when, when you start hockey, you often notice that your little back is sore. And I remember, <laughs> I think I must have been about 10 years old, and my coach used to say, if your back's getting sore, you're not in the right position. And honestly, now, <laughs> coming coming through the ranks, I can definitely say it was right. Because if your legs are strong and you're nice and low with your knees, brent, uh, knees bent, mm. then your back shouldn't be getting sore. So that's a definite lesson I took to heart. One of the famous ice hockey things is none of them have their own teeth. What are field hockey players like? Sorry, say that again. <laughs> the ice hockey guys, very few of them have their own teeth. Because there are sticks and pucks and everything just flying all over the place. The field hockey guys, you, do you keep your teeth? Yeah, we do keep our teeth. I think it's more uh, either the ankles tend to roll or your, your knuckles end up getting a bit uh, roasted <laughs> and broken. So, yeah, a bit of both. Yeah, but you, you guys are cheating with gloves now, though, I, need, I see. <laughs> yeah, the ball's got a lot harder over the years. So, <laughs> I think protection is key, especially, you know, at a one, you know, one... Uh, good play and your team gets injured you can really feel that, that mm. loss okay so olympic games on the cards let's say you do go there what is team south africa's ambitions at the games i think a yeah top eight to top four finish would be honestly incredible we're obviously going in to win it but um idealistically and re realistically i think a yeah, top eight to top six finish would be incredible um and yeah, I think with the, the work ethic coming out of lockdown, it's honestly not a shy goal to go for. Mm. Yeah. Uh, wh where are we currently? 14th in the world, right? Uh, correct. I think we might even be down at 13 after this last Namibian series. Uh, okay. All right. So so aiming top fours, it's a, it's a big jump. Belgium, Australia, Netherlands, India, Argentina, Germany. There's some money in those sports. 100%. So I think... Um, Especially with tournament hockey, it all comes down to uh, beating one team that you shouldn't uh, on paper. So if, <laughs> yes. if you can if you can pull a win over a top eight nation in the quarterfinals, you automatically into the semi. So it's not a it's not a shy ask. And I think being South African, you mm. have that uh, underdog mentality a lot of the time. So naturally, if the if things can just go right on it on the specific day in the specific game, there's yeah, lots can come from it. Chad Futcher, are you going overseas? Have you been overseas? What is the current state of play? I know a lot of our ladies go overseas and do their thing, their thing there. Yeah, so that is the, the next plan on the cards. I think COVID's put a spanner in the works at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I might even do another degree overseas to just try to help me get <laughs> over there. If not, then yeah, there, there are a couple of clubs looking for, for a few flickers. So that is the next plan. Hopefully in the next couple of months, depending on Olympics and uh, Indoor World Cup, that'll be on the cards. I guess it's a bit of a show for you guys as well to, to perform well at the Olympic Games to show off your skills. 100%. I think uh, as well as you're going as a team, you have your own personal mm. brand to, to uphold. So if you, if you can put the best on the field for your team, naturally your, your own brand will excel. All right, Chad, good luck to you. And hopefully you guys go over there and walk on that stadium and be safe. Keep away from all the COVIDs. I know there's, we don't even know if the Olympic Games are going ahead yet. So hopefully everything does work out for you guys. Thanks so much, John. Thanks for having me on the show. Chad Futcher, SA field hockey players, a midfielder there. Uh, hopefully he'll continue his goal-scoring form in South Africa, go over to Japan.
This whole thumbs the Olympic Games actually do happen. Uh, DJ Sly is going to play us a song, and then I'm going to wrap up the sport. There's been a lot since we've been on. Still football on the go. Tell you what's been happening in a bit.